You're tuned in to Muscle Car Radio. Welcome back to Muscle Car Radio. I'm Harry Christian, your host, and joining me today after a couple of years off the track is Jason Brownlee, my co-host. Hey, Jason. Hey, Hazza. How are you? Good, mate. And I've got young Connie here. Con, good. Hey, Harry. You? Hear How you? are you? Yeah, good, mate. And we've got a special guest today. We've got JP joining us. He's going to tell us all about his uh, rides. Hey, Harry. Fantastic to be here, mate. Excellent. So, mate, uh, Jace, two years. Two years, I know. It's been a long time coming, this uh, reunion. So. Last episode was, uh, Connie, what was it, the XAGT? Yeah, back in the, what, the Phase 4, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. The Green Phase the green 4. Green Machine. Yeah. That's exactly right. And we've had a lot of stuff happening since then, boys. We've had uh, COVID-19 that sh- pretty much shut things down. Fun, fun, fun. We've had car prices go through the roof and all sorts of stuff. Now, is that connected to COVID-19? I don't know. What do you reckon, Jase? Well, look, it obviously has a has an impact. We've also had been lucky here in Australia with where in terms of the management of, of pandemic. But yeah, people have got money now and they've, they're not going on overseas trips. You make a good point because uh, toys are being bought. Well, if you're not spending, you know, 15, 60 grand with taking the family to Europe, I suppose, you've got some money to buy a, a caravan or a boat or a muscle car or whatever the case may be. Hey, Connie, you've, uh, you've bought a couple uh, whilst we've been away, mate. I have, and I've also been overseas, and I'm glad I, um, I can't get to go now. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you go overseas, they, mate? Well, <laughs> during the shutdown? No, 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 before the shutdown. <laughs> oh, I was going to say. Yeah, but, but a European trip with the family cost you, third, like you said, 30 oh, yeah. or 40 grand. So spending that on uh, on cars. So yeah, had a few during COVID. Had a, a Sandman Ute, a VH Charger. Bought a, a little V6 uh, GT Capri that I want to uh, build up. And at the moment, I've got a, an XR8 Sprint. That oh, we, one we of my picked. favorites. Yeah. Love them, mate. Beautiful car. Very underrated, the XR8 well, Sprint. Or the, mm. What's it, ED, right? ED, uh, yeah. 94. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of people don't know about them. They don't know what they are. They're, they're quite rare, even even more rare than the, the GTHO. They, they only made about 120 of them in a manual. And they're uh, an XR8. More or less, but with uh, with the GT running gear. So well, HO uh, yeah. five liter. Yep. I own one in a Polynesian green, and I know, and I know your one is the same color. Yep. I had one years ago. I just found it to be one of the most balanced, nice cars. Beautiful it's car, a really nice car. Yep, yeah, beautiful car. And JP, you're going to be telling us all about your uh, your hot rod Kingswood today, mate. The old right. HG. I certainly am. Um, HT. Oh, HT. It's, sorry, um, where am I going? <laughs> it's uh, it's quite a beast. Enjoyed many family drives in that. Couple of interstate trips. Yeah, it's my beast. Excellent. It's quite a car. And quite unique. And uh, Jason, I know you love the Formula One, mate, and I know you're a big fan. We had the tragic passing recently of one of the legends of uh, commentating we or did. commentary. We did. Murray, Murray Walker. Yeah. Um, we sort of, all of us here grew up with Murray Walker commentating the F1 with Alan Prost and the Nicky Lowders and the like. Yeah. So, um, look. In some ways, uh, I actually found him quite entertaining with some of the comments that he he used to make. Like an example, whatever famous one was, there's absolutely nothing wrong with his car except it's on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he had that voice that just cut through the chicane noise, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. no, he was, he, he was, uh, he'll be sorely missed, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we're glad to be back and, and we're, we're certainly happy to be seeing stuff loosening up. This COVID-19 saw a number of car events uh, cancelled and uh, the, everybody's going stir crazy out there, but it's all happening. We've had car prices, as we're saying, going through the roof. What about that million plus GDHO Falcon, Connie, that, uh, mm. what was it, Electric Blue Falcon over in uh, Perth yep. that was sold recently as part of an estate or something like that? But uh, can you believe it? Over a million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, people kept saying that, you know, that these prices are going to die and that the cars aren't going to be worth that much and there's there's going to be people that don't want them anymore and so forth. But uh, it, it's proving us wrong. They keep going up and up. Now, enough of that. 
Very, very exciting news for Jason. Jim Richards is joining us, mate, the legendary driver, and I know you've been hanging out to ask him a few curly questions. I have been because he's an absolute superstar of motor racing in Australia and New Zealand, where he first started. Uh, he's had a wonderful career and he's had a massive impact on the racing industry in this region. And I, I can't wait to just ask him a few questions about you know Godzilla and when he was driving with Brocky and how all that came about. And mm. also his history in New Zealand, which a lot of people probably don't know about. So yeah. it'll be really interesting to have a chat to Jim. And I know Connie's got a very curly question for him, but we won't go into it. It's something to do with uh, <laughs> this and GDR on the podium. But anyway, we'll leave that for later. <laughs> now, and, you know, you don't realise, uh, I mean, the record is what uh, Bathurst wins is Brocky's nine, Brocky's right? nine, nine times. Jim Richards, seven wins. Yes, that's, I know. That's no, uh, he's no slouch. He's wow. absolutely no slouch, and he's won multiple touring car championships. He's pretty much won every trophy that is available in motorsport in Australia, so it's yeah. fantastic. Excellent. All right, we've got a lot to talk about. And you know what? One of his favourites is the Valiant Peso. He's, uh, I mean, Valiant's generally very big in New Zealand. They had uh, Todd Motors over mm. there that assembled them. They had the local content stuff. But he had this beautiful white E34 Valiant Peso, which is the VG four-barrel sort of Bathurst uh, version. And he, much to his regret, sold it. I bought the particular car personally some four owners later, you know, down the track in many years. And um, I, 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 I actually remember driving, driving it back from Melbourne. We, we, it cost we, about $1,000 yeah. in fuel, <laughs> yeah. right? In third year. That's right. It's only got three yeah. years. Yeah. Harry, Harry and I flew down to Melbourne and drove it back, and we, we stopped about, oh, without exaggerating, maybe six, seven times to, to fill it with fuel. Bathurst <laughs> tank too, by the way. would have been cheaper to get the thing yeah. transported. <laughs> hey, but what an, ex- what an experience, man. Wouldn't change it. What an experience. Absolutely. Yeah. All of that ahead of us. It's so good to be back, and uh, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Muscle Car Radio. Welcome back to Muscle Car Radio, and don't forget, uh, stay tuned, because after the next break, we're going to have Jimmy Richards on, and uh, Jason, I know you can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait, Haz, to, to speak to Jim. I, um, he's been an absolute uh, anchor of the sport over the years. Excellent. And uh, with us in the studio today, we've got JP. Uh, we're going to have, uh, with each episode, a punter from the streets, somebody to tell us about their ride, someone from a local club. So if you want to get involved... Check out our Facebook page. Let us know uh, what your car is. Let us know who you are, and we'll have you on the radio. Obviously, we can't have everybody at once, but we're happy to uh, touch base with you. JP, welcome, mate. Thank you very much, Harry. Pleased to be here, mate. Now, JP, one of the questions we always take the time to ask uh, our guests is... Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit <laughs> like that. And it's difficult often because we've had so many. Of all the cars you've had, mate, and you've had a few, mm-hmm. what's your favourite? Look, my favourite car is a car I've owned since my 21st birthday, which was a few birthdays ago. (laughs) All of us, mate, don't worry. And it's never been on the road. It's a Chrysler by Chrysler Coupe. A man after my own heart? Like a 360 uh, powered thing? It's it's a 360. It's um, serial number, well, build number 344 of 400 built. Never seen the road. Tried to get it ready for my wedding. Uh Uh, That didn't happen. And it still hasn't happened. <laughs> so I came across you, I think, some, it would have been nearly 20 years ago. You were yeah. running a little antique store in Enmore. In I was. Sydney. I was. And what attracted me to your shop was not the chandeliers and the... <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? Yes, I do. I remember very well. I think it was about 18 odd years ago. I think it was all the old chip boxes out the front that attracted you, mate. Especially that uh, that yellow Valiant Pacer, mate. The, that was a lovely yeah. thing. Tried to buy that off you a couple of times. The no ISIS success. yellow Pacer. Yeah, <laughs> so, mate, so tell me, how do you come across them? Because I'd come, I'd, I'd seen it forever and a day. How do you come across these things? Well, look, 
a bunch of different ways, all of the above, you know. A lot of it's word of mouth. Obviously, I buy things off some of the usual channels that most of us get cars from. But, yeah, a lot of word of mouth stuff. Do a lot of deceased estates. Try to look after people in the process. So get some referrals and return business. So, yeah, they fall into my lap and I generally see a lot of cars that um, not everyone sort of gets the opportunity to Mm. grab. So it's one of the good things about my job. Very good. Yeah, well, having fun, right? It is. It is. Love spending some money and getting so, some old cars. So stop teasing us, mate. Tell, <laughs> tell us about a few of the cars that, you, that you've uh, that you've had over the years. Well, there's been look, there's been a few from the, I guess, more widely renowned to the the more obscure. I guess a lot of Toyota Stouts, uh, some old what, the old Utes, the old uh, the Toyota old workhorses. Oh, yep, wow. yep, the ones that were mostly green up in North Queensland and. They also um, ran around New South Wales as milk trucks. Some of the older boys may remember. But, yeah, a lot of Valiants. I've had a lot of Valiants over the years, AP6s, AP5s. Yeah, a lot of Falcons and early Falcons as well, XK to XP. Hey, yeah, speaking of old Valiants, mate, I'll tell you what I uh, picked up about a couple of weeks ago. It was an S-Series Valiant. It's like a 1962 Slant 6 push-button order. You know the old Batmobile things? I sure do. Beautiful I sure do. But, mate, uh, the one thing that has uh, caught my attention uh, amongst your stable in recent times is that beautiful HT Kingswood that you have. Quite a unique car. Yeah. Tell us about it, mate. The Kingswood. Where do I start? Yeah, it's a beast of a thing. I've had it just under seven years, about six and a half years. Cashmere white, uh, vinyl roof. Black interior uh, with the Gretel Castilian weave inserts. And it was quite a well-optioned car um, back in its day. All of those things I mentioned were factory options with a lot more options. And it's, yeah, rotisserie restored car. Just, JP, yeah. is it a V8? Is it a, a It a is. Six? It what, is. It's what, a 308. It? Wow. Just happens to be the first 308 um, HT Kingswood ever built. So it's... Um, wow. wow. Have you seen it, Connie? It's got no. the Monaro hubcaps on it. It's got the GTS dash in it. The seats are like the, that almost brogy sort of what, yeah. what do you call it, Castilian? But it's like a like a um, like they did in the Brougham type thing. Mm. Yes, you know, yeah, more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. More the up plush. market, mate. Yep. fantastic looking yep. car. Yep. And looking at it from the front, you'd almost go Monaro because yeah. it's just got that tough stance about it. I love so, it. So the GTS dash was that standard? It was, yeah. The car was um, it, it was delivered with a, a bunch of factory options. There was the vinyl roof, the sun visor, the GTS dash, the gear lever lock, short console, bucket seats, blue tip aerial, GTS hubcaps. It did have overriders. It was delivered with overriders, but they're not on the car anymore. I think they're really ugly on a HK to G. Sorry if I've offended anyone. <laughs> no, they look great on, a, great on a HR and lots of other models, but not a... Not a HT, I don't think. So, JP, you mentioned just earlier on, like, it was quite amazing in terms of it's it's the first um, Kingswood with 308 in it. It is. Uh, yeah. Was that just on a piece of paperwork when you purchased the car, or did you have to do an investigation? Well, there was. There's been a few tiers of investigation with this car. The owner that had it, not the person I purchased it off, but the owner prior to him, his name was Raymond, and he was very. He actually conducted the. Uh, full restoration on the car. There was a no sort of time or expense spared restoration. 
And Raymond knew it was quite a rare car uh, and factory ordered or factory optioned with all these special options. Um, but he wasn't as aware of, yeah, the fact that it was the first 308 ever built. So most of that investigation was done by a guy called Bruce Cole, who I purchased the car from. And he consulted with Ben Stewart, who wrote Monaro's story. Um, and there was another another guy who was quite, yeah, well-known in Monaro and HK to G circles, James Van Buren, I think, if I've pronounced his name correctly. Sorry if I haven't, James. But essentially, this HT Kingswood was the first 308 Kingswood ever built. Everyone knows if you bought a HT Monaro or a Brougham, and you didn't get the big motor, which was the 350. You got the 308. And, of course, there was a 253. But if you wanted any other variant, whether it was a ute or a panel van or a Kingswood or any of these models on lower on the pecking lesser order, models, yeah. lesser models, essentially they were a 307 if you weren't happy with a 253. So they had to use up the 307s from the HK series before they could start mm. putting the 308s in those lower variants. So, um, yeah, by the time my vehicle came around, the 307s were done and mine was the the first 308 ever built. The first owner of my car was, in fact, GMH Holden. They used it as a pilot vehicle, conducted various uh, tests and with the 308 in that particular body. So, so, so when you say the first car with the 308 or the first... Kingswood with the 308. Mm -hmm. Does that mean your actual car or correct? Right, so your actual car. car, It is the actual. It's quite a rare thing. That is is quite rare. That aside, and it's a lovely car, mate. And and we'll we'll post photos of it. And a little birdie tells me that you might be putting it on the market uh, very soon too, just quietly. Well, it's look. It's one of those cars that I've actually considered putting on the market a couple times over the last six odd years. You know, with. Anyone who runs a business um, could empathise with me, but sometimes there are these critical mass moments where you need to inject some cash into your business. I've had a few of those, had a few of those. And in the end, I've always decided, no, I'm going to hold on to the HT. What's changed a little bit at this point? I mean, I'm an antique dealer. Everyone knows with COVID, um, least essential businesses kind of got hit between the legs a little bit. Mine did. Well, mate, I don't want to be the um, the scavenger uh, at the feast. But, uh, there is another little uh, beautiful um, uh, rocket in your stable, that beautiful HR wagon you've got. Yes. Do you still have that thing? It's I like do a, still have that and thing. And has the flashing and I the did, two-tone? I did tell you if that was ever going to be sold, you'd yeah. be the first to know. You heard it here on Muscle Car Radio. <laughs> <laughs> mate, real pleasure. Nice talking to you. Thanks for coming in today, JP. You're listening to Muscle Car Radio, brought to you by Muscle Car Sales. After the break, we'll have Jimmy Richards speak to us. Can't wait for that. Uh, Stay tuned. Welcome back to Muscle Car Radio, and uh, it is our pleasure now to uh, introduce uh, one of Australia and New Zealand's most Prolific, I suppose, uh, is the word to use race car drivers. Uh, seven times Bathurst winning champion, uh, Mr. Jim Richards. Uh, an honour, and thank you for joining us, Jim. Pleasure. No problem at all. Excellent. Look, I, um, we've got a couple of boys here. We've got Jace. He wants to get technical. He considers himself a bit of a Commodore man. 
Well, Gold or man? No, oh, I was. I was, but I, I, I swapped with Lowndes. I went to Ford. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. We got Connie. He wants. To, he, he's got a bit of a gripe, mate. He's going to ask you the hard questions later on. But um, no I, problem. I wanted to kick it off by just saying, uh, you know, I, I didn't uh, quite appreciate how much of a, a racing stint you had uh, in New Zealand. Of course, you're born and bred in Southern Auckland, and um, from what I understand, you did your time and you kicked off things as a motor mechanic of all things. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, no. I started uh, as a mechanic when I was about sixteen. Yeah, uh, and an apprentice, obviously, I had, had an apprenticeship, and uh, continued that on until I became a uh, mechanic, you know, a full, full, fully fledged mechanic. Yeah, excellent. Then I guess you got uh, involved in racing. I think you did a stint in carts and all sorts of things. But one of the things we um, we often ask, mate, is uh, at that ripe uh, young age, uh, what was the first car you ever owned? We always uh, we always have that as a point of interest. The first car that I ever owned was a 1934 Austin 7. Wow. Let's go back here. So, yeah, so Jim was saying uh, uh, mechanic and then you did uh, stint of racing and you went through, uh, through your paces and you had quite the career from what I understand in New Zealand, right? Well, yeah, I, I started racing when I was uh, about 16 and uh, that would have been about 1965. So mm. I'd been, um, you know, working on cars uh, all my life, basically, and started in go-karts, obviously, before the cars. But... Uh, no, then the first the first car that I actually raced was a little 105e Anglia. From those who are uh, a little bit old, older than uh, normal, yeah, uh, will understand. But you know, I, in my first race, I came last. I you know, I, I never thought I'd win a race, but I was, I was just wrapped to be out there, you know, driving my little car as fast as I could. Oh, I've had a few of those. Don't worry. <laughs> Jim, it's Con here. I, I was going to ask when you had your apprenticeship or started your apprenticeship, was there a a particular car make that you preferred or you fell into by accident because of your apprenticeship or what's one of your favourites? I, I really, the minis were the, were the end thing, you know, mini miners, Morris minis and that. And so I um, eventually, after the Austin 7, went through a couple of cars and then got a, a mini and I, was, and I put it in a, in a sprint out the back of uh, Hamilton in New Zealand somewhere and um, found that uh, everything was good, but on talking to the guys that ran them, they said, "Gee, was you you, you have a you can have a few problems with the mini dropping all the could say the debris from the engine drops into the gearbox, so uh, you have a bit of a drama." <laughs> oh, they were little pocket rockets. They, we, we, we've talked about those things before. I think we they used those Cooper S things here as highway patrol cars yeah. at one stage, weren't they? Yeah, Pretty interesting. Th- th- that's fantastic. I mean, in the day they were. Oh, the quickest things around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, of course, another one of your favourites, and I don't know if it's a favourite, but certainly one of the, the most beautiful cars you've ever owned, and I, I had the privilege of owning it later in life, was an E34 Bathurst Valiant Pacer, that white thing. I don't know if you remember the car I'm talking about, uh, Jim. I remember it very, very well. I wish I still had it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wish I hadn't sold it too just quietly. When you realise, you know, the and, and we've been talking about the values of these cars, when you realise that the, the prices and where they've got to, and of course, if anybody out there is uh, has got a nice uh, Valiant Pacer, I understand Jim's looking for another one, and uh, they can contact us here on Muscle Car Radio, and we can pass on the um, pass on to uh, Jim uh, details of the car. And if you want to uh, hook up with him, he's uh, he's looking for one at the moment. Is that right, Jim? That's from what I understand. No, yeah, that's uh, you're perfectly right. I was uh, I was interested in one of those for sure. So for you, Jim, the transition to uh, Australia from New Zealand did that occur? Uh, because you came over here and looked for a gig to race, or did racing actually bring you to Australia? No, racing actually brought me to Australia. We'd, we'd, we'd built up a Ford Mustang. To, to, we'd won all the other little series in the championships in New Zealand, and uh, we wanted to win the outright saloon car championship. So we built a uh, 69 
Mac One Mustang and ran it in New Zealand, and we'd won the we won the uh, the championship in that in the overall class, and then the sponsorship from Sigchrome Tools at the time came to an end. So um, a friend of mine said, "Listen, what, what about I buy the car off Sigchrome, and we'll take it to Aussie and run it." And so, you know, without telling another giant story, uh, so that's what happened. Uh, my, 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 my friend bought the car from Sigtrome because they owned it. And uh, then I approached Ian McKnight at Sandown Raceway uh, to come over and run at his July meeting. So we shipped it over and um, got here and had a race and decided to stay. We, we, we managed to win the two races at Sandown. And um, so he thought, well, gee, we'll, we'll stay on a bit longer. It's uh, Jason here. I know your background quite well because I've been following racing yep. for a number of years. But just for the benefit of the, the listeners, uh, just to give you, other than Harry outlined the, the Bathurst wins earlier. So this is, it's just a remarkable record, um, to be brutally honest. So as Australian touring car champion from 1985, 87, 90 and 91, two Australian endurance championships, two Australian GT championships, three Nations Cup, one Carrera Cup, two touring car masters, and even the, the last one was uh, there's one of uh, of the uh, NASCAR, the Australian the Oscar uh, yeah. championship as well. So it's just just an absolutely amazing record over the years. But I did I didn't notice in when I was looking through some research earlier was you said that your best drive at Bathurst was 2003. So just could you give us an understanding of why that you made that comment? Okay, well um, the 2003 drive I, I was co-driving driving for the Holden dealer team or Holden racing team and um, it was the first time for, for many many years probably t- more than 10 years that I'd driven at Bathurst as a lead driver now what that means is basically is that I had the car was my car to, to tune and my car to qualify and start the race and um, in doing so you, you, you get lots of new tyres put on the car now when you're a co-driver you basically have to practice with the old tyres that the main driver doesn't yeah. want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this particular time, after you know, being sort of, uh, how to say, uh, not a lead driver for many years, I got to do that job, and it was brilliant. And I qualified third on the grid. Yeah. Yep. Um, and bearing in mind, I wasn't driving these cars full-time. I only drove them once a year at Bathurst. Yeah. So the, the race turned out, and I, and I think we came fifth, but... Uh, Greg Murphy won the race, and we were only sort of five seconds behind him. Yeah. So there was there was sort of five cars within you know like probably six six or seven seconds. So uh, that was you know, I, I think personally my my uh, best drive. Now obviously we 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 won in the GDRs, and I've driven the BMWs and co-driven in all sorts of cars. Yeah. But that particular one was good. With the GDRs, you sort of if if if, if it didn't break down, which it hardly ever did. You were going to win. It had, it had uh, that much of an advantage over the other cars. Uh, just on that, Jim, before we go into Jason's uh, next question, he's going to continue with a uh, more serious racing question. Oh. Con actually has a question for you uh, in and around the GDR era. Con, uh, well, you've been waiting for this all week, mate. <laughs> I, I uh, just wanted to know why you called me an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you have uh, you know, stayed in your tent and uh, had the beers with the flap closed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am... Um, uh, Quite the contrary. I was I was wrapped when you won that uh, won that race because I'm a, I'm a believer of um, you know technology and and when the GDRs yep. and the Sierras came through and 
and so yeah. forth and saw exactly what you just said, the advantage that they had over, you know, the old push rod five liter and and you know the the yeah. the, the, yeah. the thing no, that, that, and that the four wheel drive of course. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, an amazing car. Absolutely. And and, and I understand why they banned them. <laughs> yeah, and in actual fact, you know, although in this one are very disappointed because they they've, they've got a car that was capable of winning whenever it went out, more or less. But in hindsight, it was probably the best thing because you would have had to have a uh, GDR Nissan to win to win races. I mean, you might have a Sierra or a Commodore and maybe win one or two during the year, but the uh, the, uh, the the GDRs were um, pretty well bulletproof and they were quick in the wet or the dry. It didn't matter. Mm. Hmm. Why? Why were they so different to the 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 Sierra being both turbo and obviously that was a four wheel drive. I don't was was the Sierra a four wheel drive? No, yeah. um, no, 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 no. Okay, no, so that was the main advantage. Yeah, the the, the four wheel drive and and you know the turbo chassis dynamics are just so different. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, and if it rained, of course, then you had another extra advantage. Where I mean, we we could come out of the out of um, like say turn one at Bathurst in the pouring rain in the GDR and uh, putting out sort of six hundred and fifty horsepower. And uh, just flat, put your foot flat on the floor and just change gears as you went up the hill. Wouldn't wheel spin just tracked in a dead straight line where the Sierra, it had 680 horsepower, which was slightly more than us at the time. Um, of course, we'd start wheel spinning and, and the drive, of course, it would wear the back tyres out where we were spreading the load over four of them. Yeah, concerning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that's basically, you know, why they probably did the right thing by changing the real, real regulations. Mm. Jim, just going back a little bit now, Back to the seventies, and so you know, one of the uh, one of my you know, sporting heroes, right, is um, Peter Brock. And how how did the drive come about with with you and uh, and Peter in the A nine Xs? Well, I, uh, I my first drive about this was nineteen seventy four, and I ran an L thirty four train. I belonged to a friend of mine in New Zealand, and we came over with limited staff. You know, like we just were putting to get the car together on the on the first practice day. But um, we ran that car in two, two Bathursts, 74, 75. Then I decided to get my own car uh, and I built a Falcon two-door. Mm-hmm. And so we ran that in uh, 76, 77, but it broke down. So I wasn't really going to do much more racing at, the, at, at that particular time. And uh, uh, I got a ring from Bro- Brocky's uh, accountant, of all people. <laughs> <laughs> all about the money. <laughs> and... Uh, so I thought, well, if, 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 if an accountant's ringing me, you must want to pay me some money. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so that's how it, how it basically came uh, came to fruition. And uh, he asked me if I'd like to drive the Brocky at Bathurst. And I said, well, yeah, but I'm, I'm not doing anything else. So I think it'd be, it'd be bloody good. <laughs> yeah. And now it turned out to be. That's I'll not, tell you what, yeah. About that. History, right? Um, yeah, no, that no, was terrific. We could talk for ages, right, about the the, the BMWs um, period with with Frank Gardner and and that side, which is the, the amazing six three five. What a the JPS car! Mm. What a beautiful oh, machine! Have to be one of the best looking of all time. The, 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 no, they the, the are. The that six three five even looks good nowadays. Yes, yes. If it were produced today, it'd still be a, a stunner. Yeah, correct. But just yeah. So one final question is: obviously, you, you've had a major impact yourself on, on motor racing here in ANZ. I'll call it. But you've also had, you've still had a flow-on effect even after you sort of moved away from, from driving. And that was during that time, you, you in the early 90s with the GTR, you mentored Mark Scaife, um, who's obviously had a massive impact and still oh, is yeah. um, on, yeah. on the industry. 
and good and, and it was good apprentice, right? Yeah, so I, you know, I, I've seen it, and it was interesting, right? Because the, the dynamics between you two, you, you actually, and the whole, actually, the whole Gibson team, they seem to be like just a, a, a bunch of mates. Is that sort of how it, how it all sort of panned out? No, exactly. I mean, uh, Fred Gibson was probably the first uh, team manager to actually keep all all the race team together. Uh, we ate um, breakfast, lunch, and, and 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 dinner at the track. Uh, we finished all the work off at the track, and then went home to the motel and went to bed, basically, rather than. Like most of the other teams would, uh, as soon as the practice was finished, they'd head off home and get changed, get showered, and, and, and go out for a meal. And they always, uh, you know, got a bit too enthusiastic with the with the grog. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so a lot of them would come come back the next day uh, hungover. So no, but uh, as you said, I mean, I, I didn't really sort of uh, mentor Scaifey, but I did tell him everything that I knew that he wanted to know, mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was good for him because he. Uh, He'd ask me a question, am I going flat out around that corner or, you know, how do yeah. you do this? And I'd, I'd just tell him because I know that, you know, younger drivers coming on, the, the quicker they can fast track their uh, their learning experience, the, the better they'll be. And I was never, ever worried about the scape. He might get quicker than me because uh, eventually that does happen. You know, yeah. one, one guy's 20, 20 years older than, than young, the other. Young so dog, old dog, right? The older yeah. guy's going <laughs> to put out the pasture first. Yeah, excellent. So, uh, and, and as we say, just a, an amazing uh, career and... Uh, uh, the the uh, seven Bathurst wins. I mean, people talk about the all-time uh, record number of Bathurst wins, but you, you know, you're right up there, and and all the other accolades, uh, the stories, and we could go on forever today. What are you doing these days, Jimmy? I'm interested to un- to see what what it is that you do. Are you do are you involved in motor racing at any level uh, these days? Not really. No, I, I I own a little Formula Junior historic car, which a friend of mine, Grant Walker, drives uh, whenever he wants to, and. Uh, but I, I, I spent 46 years, I think it was, of mm. going to Bathurst and racing something. So it was 30, 36 years straight racing in the, in the, in the main category. And then 10, another 10 years of racing in the Touring Car Masters Amazing. series, you know. Amazing. So I, I, I sort of, I was glad that I, I called it a day just before COVID. Then I just, uh, you know, watched all last season on the, on the tally and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. So I said, no, that's, the time is right. I'll, uh, I'll just, you know, Stop driving professionally, you might say, and just drive a little bit now and again, uh, you know, in some club sprints and some hill climbs and a few things like that. But I've still got all my race, all the race cars that I, I uh, that, I, that I had over that I got the BMW that I won the championship in, I got the Nissan I won the championship in, and the, I got the Javelin and the Falcon Sprint. Oh, wow, you managed to keep them. Now, the Javelin, that's an interesting beast, right? The old AMC, that's uh, something different. We don't, that's something you don't see a lot of, right? Quite a, quite no, you don't. But but there was there was 190 of them, I think, um, assembled here in Australia mm. through AMI. Yeah. But we we chose we chose the uh, the, the, the Falcon Sprint first because it was a small engine car. <clears throat> then we thought it would be good to have a small engine lighter weight because your 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 handicap has worked out on your uh, uh, engine size to your weight. Mm. Got it. And yeah. so anyway, we built the Falcon and ran it successfully. It was really really good. We thought, gee, we had so much fun, we, I think we might build another one. <laughs> so we, I, I chose a Javelin because Roger Penske ran a Javelin factory team back in the uh, early 70s. Trans Am, right? And, and um, there was a guy called Mark Donahue driving for him, and they won the, uh, the Trans Am series, which was the, the biggest virtually uh, series in, in the world for, for, for modified production touring cars type of thing. Hmm. So I just thought, yeah, because they look a little bit ugly, and uh, 
ugly but nice. So, so we built one and, and campaigned that for a couple of years, and it went, went really good. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't use the word ugly. Uh, I, I, like myself, I prefer to say quirky, quirky-looking things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, Jim, it's been a real pleasure, absolute pleasure. Look, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to find you a valiant pacer, mate. We're going to get you an E31, E34, something for sure. And as I say, uh, if anybody out there has got something, they can contact us here at uh, Muscle Car Radio. What can we say? It's been a real pleasure. We'll uh, keep in touch with you and um, have you on again sometime if all uh, all goes well. Jason, have you got any uh, passing comments and uh, thanks for doing No, No, Jim, all, all I have to say is just, you know, thank you for your absolute no superb no, career fine. and also for, obviously for the time now to have to have the chat. It's been, it's yeah. been wonderful. Thank you. Just don't forget, Harry, that, uh, that I'm like every uh, used car buyer. <laughs> I'm the best car I can get for the cheapest amount of money. Oh, mate, I know. <laughs> the, same, the same conversation you had with Brocky's accountant, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Good on you, Jim. Thanks very much. We'll talk, we'll we'll talk soon. Bye, mate. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Jim. No problem. What about that, boys? Hey, Jace, you've outdone yourself. Great interview, mate. Mate, uh, no wonder they call him Gentleman Jim, that's for sure. He's a lovely man. A lovely, lovely bloke. Connie, what do you think, mate? Oh, he's amazing, isn't he? Isn't he? Stalwart for, you know, the racing scene and, yeah, incredible guy. Yeah, I'll be playing that back a few times, let me tell you. He's a, he's a really nice bloke. And, you know, when you speak to him uh, away from uh, the public or whatever, he's just the, the same, you know? Uh, we often talked about cars and whatever. He's, he's, he's looking for particular cars, we say, at the moment. You talk to him, he's consistent. Just a really nice bloke every time. So um, that, that was a real pleasure. Hey, uh, Move on now. I um, was buzzed during the week by a um, listener on our Facebook page. Wants to know about, I haven't thought about this, because we sort of take it for granted, alternative fuels, right? So electric cars, because I read during the week, Hyundai have brought out like a hydrogen car, right? I'm I'm sick of the the whole conversation about alternative fuels and stuff. Yeah, I know it's going that way, but, you know, people are saying, oh, you know, these these muscle cars that are being sold for a million dollars that, you you know, you you won't be able to drive them. And I I keep thinking, what a load of crap. What? What? What do you mean? Oh, as if, as if they're gonna, they're gonna stop mining not- oil or, or you know, what have you to, to go completely off tap and and not produce fuel anymore because we're going electric. You probably electric. won't have the jab either, will you, mate? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in in all honesty, though, it's, it's a great topic because there is a, a company over on the North Shore um, of Sydney that is that uh, they're actually taking old Land Rovers and putting them back on the road yeah. with. A battery in them. Oh, a lot of people are doing it. The old mate, there's a block, there's a mob in the US that does muscle cars, mate. They actually mate, take mate, old can, Hudsons and stuff like that, like go way back. Can I can I can I interrupt there? Yeah. The reason they're doing it for Land Rovers is because they were shit motors anyway, <laughs> and, and they had kept working. Don't say that. Hey, are you muggly? I'm not. I'm not defending uh, English engineering. You're not by defending any any uh, Hey, but there's a mob in the US, right? They'll take a Mustang, whatever you like. And they'll go the whole electric thing and just make a theme so much so that they even put an engine cover on it or over the top of the batteries that looks like you know, yeah. your V8. Oh, they're fantastic. And they, basically, you'll, they'll start playing the sound in the car that, as if you've got a V8 engine, <laughs> yeah, right. which the uh, one of the Ford Focuses actually has that. Yeah, it, play, that it feels plays wrong. What, what does it go with Shelby? No, 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 no. Not, it doesn't play V8. It just like oh. yeah, when you're going through the gears, it goes bap, 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 like through the through the gears. You say that, mate, but you know the manufacturers here. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jace, because you're the you're the detail guy. 
2030? What's the year? 20, 2030, yes, p- appears to be the, the, the key date. Yeah. Um, to, and yes, yeah, there was Mercedes and a number of European mm. manufacturers. But then th- I think the big call was GM and Ford mm. in the United States said, 2030, we're out as a yeah. Yeah. And I went, Look, wow. I, I, I can understand about moving forward. You know, we, we've got to go to uh, EVs or electric vehicles and so forth. But we're not going to leave the existing vehicles, especially in third world countries as well. That, Why not, mate? How know, many horse and carts oh, are no. there around? Oh, come on, mate. You're very short sighted. No, no, what? no. I don't, I don't think it'll die. I don't think it'll die off. And I think I think they'll they'll um maybe maybe, maybe find alternatives or well, yeah, they absolutely. Special fuels or mine enough just for those you know interest yep. vehicles and charge. But the other the other thing, premium for it. But who knows? Correct. The other thing it'll is, actually drive the value up even more. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, exactly. But right. the other but thing is. Producer, mate, because I'll tell you, there'll be a lot of half million dollar GT sitting by the roadside. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is, you know, you're saying, oh, the mining. I mean, you've got to mine to make electricity anyway. I mean, we're no experts, and we, you know, I'd love to be able to talk to an expert about it, but and and get into a conversation yeah, well, with them. Hey, you're on that. So I'll tell you, I'll take. So, folks, um, just quietly, if you want on our Facebook page, ask some questions. Because we don't know. We're certainly not experts. Have a listen to us. We've got no idea what we're talking about. So what we'll do on the Facebook page, ask some questions that we'll ask some uh, ask the expert that we'll get on uh, in our next episode. That's probably the best way to approach it because the other thing is these hydrogen cars too, right? You talk about electric, but now they're talking hydrogen. I see Hyundai has brought out a fleet of hydrogen-powered cars. Now, they've got your old-school gearboxes and you know transmissions, as in differentials and whatever, as opposed to electric motors, but that's going to be an alternative. That's going to be an option. So it'll be very interesting to see where this goes. So why don't we get an expert on, folks? Uh, get your questions onto our Facebook page, Muscle Car Radio. You've been listening to Muscle Car Radio with Jace, Con. We've got our special guest, that, uh, JP. Thanks very much for popping in, mate. You're welcome, mate. Thanks for and, having me. And uh, Muscle Car Radio is brought to you by Muscle Car Sales. Talk to you next time. Cheers. <laughs>